a one, two, three. That promenade, yeah, we're gonna rock that promenade. Be the talk of that promenade. Looking for a star drifter, not a shape shifter. Lots to do and more to see. Sweet sticks from a dumb to tree. Oh, oddities, opportunities, free advice, but not for cheap. Oh, gambling wheels, shaded deals. Lead me back here to my Take that on. Uh, hello and good evening for this Monday, November 27th, 2023. Star Trek D Space Nine Season 7, Episode 2, Shadows and Symbols is over. And it has been for 25 years. But we're just getting started here. Uh, here on Live Long and Podcast for our review of this episode as we continue our ongoing journey to review every episode of Star Trek D Space Nine. Uh, it now here in the final season. I'm Dave Mater here on Live Long and Podcast. Uh, joined with a great panel to break this episode down tonight. We got Jimmy O. Robinson with us. Alan Moraine. Alan Moraine. Uh, we got the one, the only, the Niners starting first baseman. We got Kevin Millard. Hello. Hello. Uh, and do we still have Adam? Oh. <laughs> he came back for his... <laughs> uh, and then we get Adam Woodward with us. You know, maybe two, maybe more than one. Who knows? So no, just one. I I've got a new laptop. I was just fooling around with it, and now it's working, and it looks, looks better, <laughs> much better. Okay, well that's good. Glad to have all of us together tonight to talk about. I guess kind of the second part of this two-parter, even though it's not technically a two-parter, um, because it's not a to be continued, but kind of is. I don't know. It's a little confusing. Uh, it's the second episode of season seven, uh, regardless, and we're here to talk all about it. Shadows and symbols, guys. Uh, Esri Dax, you know, kind of uh, gets her first mission here with Captain Cisco. There's a whole other plot here with uh, Kira and uh, the Romulans and uh, the you know the blockade around Derna, and oh and uh, yeah and Worf and Quark and all them and Worf Quark Bashir and O'Brien and Martok all go off to make sure Jedzir gets into Stovacor uh, while destroying a Dominion shipyard. So uh, those are the three three actual plots in this episode. Um, continue, you know, that were set up previously. Uh, we'll just you know take some initial reactions on how we're coming in, starting maybe with Adam. Uh, Adam, how, how was this one for you? I, I wish we had done both parts last week, because uh, I feel uh, after after watching, I because wa I didn't watch them together. I watched the other one, the second one yesterday, and uh, it all makes sense now, Dave. It, it came together. I would have. Appreciated to watch that one, uh, one full swoop. Well, you know, back in 1998, they didn't get that that uh, no, they choice. They had to wait a whole week, and so did you. Yep. So you know, we're just. It was a two parter. It was a two parter. I got to tell you guys. It. I agree with you, but 
normally uh, in Star Trek, you know, whether it be in uh, Enterprise or even on Deuces Nine, unless there's like a to be continued cliffhanger, we always just consider it a separate episode. We'll go to Jamil Robinson next. Jamil, you know, how is this? And it, it, are we correct? Is this just the second part of you know from last week? So I absolutely understand the the idea of it being two parts. And yes, I understand your uh, point of view, Dave, that it didn't have the to be continued. This this episode or the previous episode didn't really have the cliffhanger that gives it the to be continued. Uh, so I would say it's a soft to be continued. It's a two-parter. Um, I like this episode a lot. Um, it handles a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things happening, but there's enough of it where all the stories kind of work ish. <laughs> there's work-ish. one that I feel, yeah, I feel like there's one that um, could have done with a little bit more time. Um, but the other two, I think um, we get its point. It's it's to the point, And I think it was uh, pretty well done. It's a pretty good episode. Okay. And uh, Kevin, you know. I like this too. I, 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 you get it's a little bit slower than a typical episode, but you get a lot of touching moments. I think the uh, introduction of Esri is excellent. Uh, I had, I, uh, there's a few uh, touching moments between her and, and Cisco during this uh, during this episode, and uh, I like the K- Kira and Odo too together in this episode were really nice and really like Odo's like right by her ready to go. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. And uh, I think maybe, I don't know if it's the same one you're thinking Jamil, but I think the the Jedzia storyline could have used, could have used a little more work. It could have, uh, it, it seemed like, it seemed like the, the plot for that was like, well, we have to do this. So let's just do this. Right. It, it wasn't, yeah, I I well kind of felt out. like that. I I it could have been better, you know, like um I think that there's just no time for any of it to really work, you know, with uh Worf and Quark especially, like they had like this Yeah. Why is Quark even there? What does he do on this mission? Like other than complain the entire time? Um, you know, like I get well, that, that, that's kind of for me it was weird that they were taking like a taking civilians along on this little mission uh, where they could be all killed. It's, it's kind of funny when you think about that. But, Jamil, you're right. There's a lot of storylines in this episode, though. Like well, now, now that you said that, I'm thinking maybe a little too much. Yeah, Maybe so. so. The, my issue is um, I disagree, uh, Kevin, about um, the underserved storyline being the, the wharf one. But I don't feel it it belongs uh, at the same time um, that Esri was kind of introduced. It should have been before. And then that's when you get that revelation of, oh, um, you know, we meet Esri with with Cisco. Right. And it's like, oh, um, everyone, the audience is like, wait a second. Um, (laughs) Who's Dax? Right. Like, (laughs) Who is Dax? <laughs> We're introduced, and then that is the to be continued, and then it goes on to the, you know, what should have been the the Cisco and the you know Major Kira kind of uh, storyline being played out in this episode. 
Um, I think that's what should have happened. Yeah. I, I kind of, I would, I, I, yeah, if we were going to go back in time and redo this, maybe I uh, waited one more episode to introduce Esri would have maybe been better to allow some of that uh, wound to heal with some of the other characters. Um, but, you know, like, I guess they held off for most of one episode until Esri walks in. Um, <laughs> great restraint. Great. <laughs> what did she do? What did she do in this episode? What she uh, threw the baseball. She threw the baseball uh, and got thrown to the side. She's yes. there to she's there to kind of be like the voice of reason to Cisco, I guess. Uh, what 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 Which, does Joseph Cisco do on this mission? Like, well, wait, you know, yeah. my biggest problem with this whole episode is that they beam down to the planet and then walk forever in the freaking desert. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. For no reason, well, well, Joseph is, reason. is like dying in the back. Like, <gasps> he needs a glass of water. And he can and go he, to the runabout anytime. His son won't slow down for him. Yeah. Like, could it? Could a Joe and like uh, Jake just go in the runabout and just like follow them? Like yes. every so often. <laughs> just <Yes>. like <laughs> Yeah, they could have like just said, call us when you find something. It could have been yeah. like that, you know. But no, it, that, none of that happens. Um, like there's just not enough time in the episode for these three storylines. I think that they all could have used a little bit more. The Kira one, I think, does is fine on its own. Yeah. But um, but it, and the Cisco one is okay, but it, it, you know, I, 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 I felt that just it just rushes the entire thing the dude gets stabbed <laughs> like like <laughs> last episode he got stabbed yeah yeah i'm like what are we what are we doing like there should be a little bit of time like nah i'm gonna do this very long excursion walk you know um healing from a stab wound and i don't i, I know people like dermal regenerators and all that stuff the dude got stabbed, right? It don't matter. Right? True. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. They they did uh, yada yada that stuff for sure. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's just jump through the storyline. We'll see if we can um, uh, just make sure we don't miss any beats. Uh, of course, there's a live stream. We have, uh, of course, you know, the super fans with us, like Sam. Where's Jeff? That's the ongoing. Hashtag. Sam, good picture. I love that picture, um, Sam. That's yeah. a good picture, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where's Jody and Davin? Uh, they're not here right now, but they will be back. I'm sure. Don't you know me and Jody cannot be on the same podcast or like? <laughs> hey, we already got four. That's a reoccurring here. problem with Jody. I've noticed. You know, yeah, you can't carry him out with some people. Yeah, <laughs> I think well, him and Ezri are the biggest problem, right? Now. Yeah. Well, that, that that was what Norman was saying. He suspects that uh, Ezri played a role this episode. Might have been an issue. So. You might be on there to something there. Uh, okay, let's let's go through it. So we saw here at the end of the last episode, Esri Dax walks into Ben Cisco's life uh, and to Jake's for that matter and Joe's. Uh, so that's kind of right where this picks up with uh, sort of this uh, incredulous look here from Ben Cisco. Even though you know he's you know he's dealt with uh, two Daxes in his life, this is now will be the third uh, in Esri Dax uh, who comes into the mix. You know, but he's he's very welcoming and accepting of her right away. Way, uh, as are the rest of them, which you know? to me is absurd. Um, knowing that you know, changelings are a thing, you know, <laughs> it's just like, 
yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you think that like there, there would be more changeling paranoia the deeper this war gets but it seems like it's actually mm -hmm. that, that's gone down it's just all become about the Jemadar in this uh in this uh conflict but yeah um uh yeah esri is here and you know i like i think that like we talked a little bit about this last episode but you know she does a really good job coming in here and having to join this cast and 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 she has to have chemistry with avery brooks right away they have to get they have to find a way to get along right away she you know um she you know she, uh, they cast her for a reason um i don't know how many people auditioned for the part but you know um they saw catwalk on the resume and they're like we have to hire you yeah we saw you with billy k in catwalk you know, only season three after Nev Campbell left, but whatever. Um, you know, so <laughs> replacement Nev Campbell, replacement Nev Campbell, replacement Terry Farrell. Yeah. Uh, here we go. You know, but uh, that's the teaser for the episode. Um, you know, oh, the, and and Esri is going on the mission with them. I guess is the other thing they 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 conclude. The, you know, I actually like, really liked liked that that scene. Like she didn't know what. Like it, when she was like, w or uh, you don't even know what mission it is. And she's like, doesn't matter. Doesn't I'm going. Whatever. Yeah. I'll see you there. You know, yeah. um, you know, then we come back after the t the credits. Uh, we got the title card, shadows and symbols uh, showing the bird of prey docked at the station. Uh, they're having a ceremony on the bird of the prey for Jedzir as they're preparing to go on this dangerous mission that they set up last mission to go, um, you know, the most dangerous mission they could think of basically uh, to get the honor uh, for Jedzir to get into Stovacor, Klingon heaven. Um, and uh, this is the beginning of that. Uh, you know, it's, you gotta cut yourself, you know, to prove that you're not afraid of death. That's the, that's the one rule. And also maybe, you know, make sure you're not a changeling for that matter. Uh, then Quark shows up. <laughs> Is it is it really that much of a flex with durable regenerators? <laughs> uh, I don't think you're allowed to durable regenerate it until like you know at least until you're off the Klingon ship. Um, but yeah. just until hold it. Like... Yeah, yeah. maybe exactly you, might, you might be allowed like an antiseptic to make sure you don't get infected. But that that would be. Well, you have a doctor nearby, so yeah. <laughs> Klingon doctors we know aren't so good. Um, but uh, Quark shows up, and he wants to be part of it. He loved Jedzir just as much as any of the rest of them. More than her husband, I ask. But whatever. Um, you know, and uh, so they're like, what? He cuts himself. You know, it's like, that's weird. But then Quark gets himself cut, because he's he's all in on this. I hate that he's on this mission, quite frankly. Um, yeah, he's irritating. This is the first time I've found him irritating. Yeah. Like, and this, like, I should... Sh like Jedzir should have been my wife. What? You know? <laughs> like, what are you talking about, man? Like, you know, um, I could maybe make see that more with Bashir, but not with him. You know? Um, anyway, but and uh, and and O'Brien, he does he didn't like he wasn't even that close to Jedzir. Like, you know, he's just kind of here because no. Bashir is here. He even says that, like, that's why he's on the mission in the, the previous episode. He says, Well, I'm going to, to take care of Julian. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's another holodeck adventure. But, but in real yeah. life. But it turns the... out that O'Brien was the only guy they needed. <laughs> <laughs> Most important man in Starley. You know, you've got these guys who can just set their own missions again. They just can join in. Oh, I want to go. I'm going to go. You know, 
we're in the middle yeah. of a war, but that's okay. Uh, you know, senior staff could just dip and and go on another uh, submission. Well, yeah, that is a line. As we just joins the, the the desert walk, no problems here. Yeah. yeah, I I guess if you're on leave or if you're not on duty today, you can do whatever you want. Uh, maybe I don't know. But it's you still wear your uniform on leave. You still wear your uniform. <laughs> yeah, good. Great. Point. <laughs> uh we see the klingon blood uh you know very deep red here i like when it's more reddish pinkish uh that's just me though um anyway so they're getting ready for the quest then we go back to the runabout here and meet and catch up with uh dax and, and the cisco family uh we, we find out that esri dax now has space sickness uh which is a bit of an issue since she's an astronaut but um you know she's uh she apparently threw up all over the console uh and it wasn't and it wasn't a little um but they you know hypospray later and they're going and apparently this is something that's only happened to her since she's been joined to the dax symbiote um you know so you know we don't see a ton of conversation here like between dax and and Ben Zisco ends up being between Jake and Ezri largely uh, where, you know, he says, well, I'm glad you're here. And I know my dad is too. <laughs> uh, she, we find out she's not a science officer, but a, a ship's counselor, an assistant ship's counselor. Um, with, you know, and she orders this rack to Gino, which she hates because um, Curzon and Jedzir like get rack to Gino's, but Ezri does not. Which also kind of goes with the fact that Ezri is not as much uh, doesn't have as much affection for the Klingon Empire as Curzon and Jedzu did either. Um, she probably would not eat from the heart of the albino. No, <laughs> no, no Stovokor for you, Ezri. Um, so, quest or not. Uh, then we go over to the Kira storyline, which uh, is picking up with this whole thing that the Romulans. Uh, you know, you, you give the Romulans a hospital and then of course they just want to put a bunch of torpedoes on it, uh, you know, and so this is continuing from last episode where, uh, you know, the, the Bajorans want those weapons off their moon. Uh, so does Admiral Ross. He's like, we're filing an official protest. But then the Romulans filed an official protest of our protest, which is, you know, kind of like real life world politics. Um, and, uh, you know. But I don't understand why the Bajorans, when they allowed the hospital to be made, to not provide like a list of like, these are all the things you can't do with what we're giving you. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe they so did. That, maybe. And they just like, oh, sorry, we didn't read the frightened parent. They probably did, but they're Romulans. What do you like? You can't just like you have to supervise Romulans like that. <laughs> like that's just a gift. Uh, I wouldn't, um, uh, you know, trust them. So, um, but uh, you know, like Kira says, like, well, when it comes to the war effort, the Romulans are more important than the Bajorans. And uh, Bill Ross, he's like, it's a little harsh when you say it like that. Uh, which Kira says, so the, truth, the truth usually is, um, you know, so. The Fed, you know, it's interesting because we're seeing this from Kira's perspective, you know, and from Bajor's perspective, and she, they're completely in the right. And the human character, the Starfleet officer, the admiral here, he's kind of like not a, a bad guy, but certainly not uh, helping matters here until l the end when he changes his mind. Why didn't you change your mind first? I, I, I like this whole 
thing with them because he's he has seemed like he doesn't like her through the last two episodes, right? Right. Like there's this this like he can't just order her to do things because she's not Starfleet. Right. And that's kind of what he had with Ben. So he's got a and I, I like by the end, he's like, okay, like you get it. Oh, he's like, Oh, I like I like her. She she's she's cool. You convinced like, me. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know how to play poker. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that them. line would go away. Remind me to never play poker with you. How many times has that line been used in all of TV and movies? It's, if you're just stop it, writer, stop. Anytime it. an alien bluffs their way, a human always has to say it. It's yeah, so yes. annoying. <laughs> hey, Dave. I, when I was watching the episode yesterday, I wondered what you thought of uh, Admiral Ross's, you know, utility belt there. Love it. Yeah. Seriously, it's horrid. <laughs> what? You go back when there it is. No, it's it. No, it helps. It helps bring the whole thing together. The admiral uniform's got a bit more uh, flair to it, you know. It's it's, got... it's motion picture. It's awful. <laughs> what? No, it's I okay. love it. The admirals can have some belt. Like I can have a belt. Uh, yeah, but know. have a better belt. That belt sucks. What's wrong with that belt? It's a big buckle. It's really really big. It's too big. <laughs> I don't know. We can maybe size it. It's too big. There's no belt loops. It's just kind of loose fitting, like it's jewelry. Well, I think what is it doing? Belts have function. If he had hips, do you think it would play a little bit better? It's kind of just like I. I think it's because the admiral's jacket is a little longer than the uh, than the rest of them, which is more of just a jacket. This one's more of a like a longer coat uh, that goes past the waist, Uh, and so yeah, like I and they have the gold piping down the middle. Yeah, that's um, that, that's what I don't like is the gold piping. Well, they gotta have gotta make them look like they're a flag officer, you know. Yeah, like, you could have done that across the top, like you know, between the gray and the black. I think. I, I think you're overthinking it. The belt just sucks. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't look good. It's not. It's not good. What about what about like these bigger red um, sleeves? I like those red sleeves. I think that's pretty good. But I, a... I don't care. I didn't even see them because they're behind the belt. <laughs> well, only if he has his hands behind his. Um, I, I've always liked that belt on that uniform for the admirals only. I don't think everyone should have one, um, but you know, makes them look a little bit more official, I guess. But you know, I guess I could see where your where your guys are coming from. Um, it's not for, for everybody. Remember, remember, Major Kira used to have a belt, and then they took her belt away and looked better. So, <clears throat> and Odo used to have a belt, and they took his away. So maybe sometimes you're better off without a belt. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so then we catch up with the Cisco's and the runabout at Tyree. Of course, uh, Joseph Cisco says he's going on this. Why? We'll never know. Uh, you know, but um, Ben Cisco starts hearing the voices. This is what this, when he hears the her- first voice about a doctor being needed to go to a certain ward. And we don't know where this is going, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but uh, they're going to beam down and they beam down to this desert planet, which I guess is relatively safe otherwise. It's just a bunch of rocks and sand and vegetation. So, so uh, this 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 was kind of funny to me too. Is like, you know, Cisco, Erzy, um, um, and Jake all look great with the hood, but poor Joe in the back there is, is pulled too far forward. Doesn't look so good on him. Yeah, um, they, it was interesting that they didn't give them the under part of the uniform, only the over part. 
Um, this is like a, this. This was actually a uniform I don't think we had seen before. Uh, a desert um, environment Starfleet uniform that has like a T-shirt and sort of these I don't know like track pants or whatever in this over thing and the hood and everything else no sunglasses though you might want some sunglasses to come with this uniform but uh i'm sure that was probably going to be a problem for the reflection so they're just they're walking through the desert um you know uh cisco's doing his best moses impression and uh he's gonna lead them through here <laughs> so do you think joe was in the back just swim uh, swing low, sweet chariot. In the uh, back. He, oh, probably. He's probably, you know, he's 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 he's, he's here for let uh, my people go. <laughs> that's good. Sorry. I, I think he's here for brother Benny. He's here for brother Benny. Um uh, back I think he's point. I think he's there for Sarah. I think he's he's wanting to know what happened to her and if he can get her back. Sarah. Yeah, like the fact that Again, he could have beamed down at any point. So could Jake. Yep. Uh, Jake's, but like Brock Peters wanted to come. I don't know why you would bring Brock Peters into this episode just to do nothing with him. I don't get it. But um, you should be like, right, I'm just, just so we can, <laughs> just so we can watch him suffer. Like, I guess <laughs> that's it. He's like, he's like, I want some of that O'Brien action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's he saying? I speak with the voice of the prophets. Yeah. Uh, so back on the Klingon ship, uh, where we see them cloak. Um, Quark is complaining, uh, wanting a thank you from Worf because Worf is glaring at him too much, <laughs> which apparently he always does. That's yeah. great. That's a that's a great line. Did you see that? What he's he glared at me. He always glares at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then and then you know he's like i want to hear a thank you from Worf, and he's like yeah you want to hear two words be quiet i owe you nothing and i was like you're right he doesn't uh Worf is all pissed off um uh, he, he also kind of blows up at bashir and o'brien um uh, you know they don't really deserve it um anyway you're right so Worf, Worf storms out i think quark deserved it uh and um and then, uh, then back to the Cisco and Esri walking in the desert. You know, she's like, "Well, what about your dad and and Jake who are struggling to keep up?" He's like, "He's like, hey, Dad, how are you doing?" You know, and, and he's like, "Oh, never better." It's so great. <laughs> I was cackling. Yeah, uh, he's like, "See, he's fine. He's fine." <laughs> so um, good. Then go to Cardassia, uh, seeing the uh, how the war is progressing here uh, from the uh, Dominion's point of view and the, and the Cardassians. Uh, Damar uh, has got some uh, a lady friend here he met at the dinner last night, um, pouring her some of that you know syrupy canar, uh, like like all kinds here, uh, until Wayun shows up and says, you know, get rid of her or I'll have to have her executed uh, <laughs> for hearing anything I have to say. So kicks her out. When then he goes, a lovely woman. What a lovely woman. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. After he threatened to have her killed. 
we see the shipyards at the Kling- like that the wharf and, the- and those guys are going to visit in a bit. So we kind of get that uh, you know to see it that they need to increase their production uh, by more, and a lot a lot of that's left to Demar to figure out. Maybe <laughs> just goes I don't know more production, more production, keep going. Um, and yeah, that's I think that's the only scene these two have in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. So then with the uh, Kira and Odo of things talking about what they're going to do. And Kira says, I'm going to set up a blockade and stop any weapons from getting to that moon because they still don't have the detonators to the torpedoes. So that, that part still has to get installed. And, uh, you know, I, I like, I agree with uh, Kevin. I, you know, I like this scene. I thought uh, they make a pretty good couple. These two, I think, uh, you yeah. know, so not everyone's a fan of the Kira Odo storyline, but I, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, he was just kind of like, well, you know, I thought it would be long and uh, prosperous life, but, you know, short and exciting sounds fun too. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's coming along too. Uh, and Kira is going to lead the blockade herself. Uh, back with the Cisco storyline, walking through the desert. Joe Cisco is still struggling. Dan can beam up whenever he wants. Um, they should have at least said there was some way he couldn't beam up. So this would make more sense. But we get it's kind of a montage in this part where we just see Joe Cisco struggling, Ben Cisco not caring, and Ezri kind of looking back and forth. Um, until uh Ben Cisco kind of collapses here, uh, even leaves his pack and just and just takes his baseball and his shovel at one point. He's just like, <laughs> I don't even need a backpack or water to That's go all a man needs. Yeah. <laughs> his baseball and his shovel. Uh, as she grabs a couple of water packs and I think she gives them to Cisco, uh, Joe Cisco, that is. And then, yeah, we see that Ben is just kind of staring down this chasm here, uh, in the desert, um, you know, holding his baseball, uh, to which Dax gets a bit frustrated and she ends up gra- throwing it over here and, uh, it, it lands. And then, and then we see this vision here of when that baseball fell off that piano last episode. That's what, that's how the prophets communicate guys. They do it in baseball format. Um, it's, that's, that's well, it makes sense. That's the way Cisco communicates too. That's if he true. takes his baseball, he's not sure he's coming back. That sounds like baseball. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he goes, that's where it is. That's where the orb is. Turns out that's true. But she goes, I wasn't even aiming at something, you know, but the prophets knew. Yeah, you know what we learn here and through the next few scenes is that either Avery Brooks or Cisco have no idea how to dig a hole. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, yeah, he, he's putting it was, sand back where he's digging, and then he's yeah, it's throwing like it flying, over. flailing <laughs> sand everywhere. Yeah, I, I think he's never dug a hole, uh, more than likely. Uh, over to the blockade. This this episode jumps between the storylines fast. Um, yeah. So uh, I I love. Okay, we were talking about that in our starship ranking. I think that Jamil took place in, and that Bajoran interceptor, which is the lead ship there, the Cure is commanding. I like that ship. If, I know it can't go to warp. But you know, it's a uh, it's a good ship, um, design simple, uh, elegant, fast. Anyway, so then uh, we see here that a Mike Hammer mystery is given to Kira from Odo, a book, uh, you know, in English as well as Bajoran. Um, I thought it was like an iPad, and looked like Lita Ford was going to break out singing "Kiss Me Deadly" or something, and. But... <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know this this book. Is, can anyone <coughs> tell me in on what this context is? No. 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 Okay. Uh, well, it's about like I got the impression it's about a hopeless cause. Uh, you know, and just then we get a call here from the Romulans and Emma Ross and and Kira puts on her poker face. Uh, you know, she's like, Hey, guess what? The Romulan, the Rose Romulan warbirds are showing up to give medical supplies to the hospitals. Uh, she's like, Any ship that tries to cross the blockade will be fired upon, so you better not do it. You know, so we get this uh, whole standoff here between these. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to this a couple times. Uh, but uh, I like here, I think Nana Visitor and the way it's written and the way it's played out works really well. I like the storyline, it's simple, it's easy, makes sense. Um, you know. It's all it's all good for me here, um, you know. And so this this the, the waiting continues. So and then um, Admiral Ross uh, says, "Well, what are you going to do?" And and so uh, the Romulan, what's her name, Senator Kretek, I think. Uh, she's yeah. she, she's saying, "Well, she's not she she's going to blink. She's not going to she's not going to fire on a Romulan warbird or several Romulan warbirds. That would be silly because the Romulans militarily are gra- vastly outmatched them. Yeah, right." So, but, uh, you know, but uh, Kira is hoping that they won't jeopardize the, the alliance with the Federation, which is more important. Um, uh, so then, yeah, Joe Sisko f- collapsed in the desert uh, as Ben is digging his hole. Not so well. Um, yeah, <laughs> going along here. Then back to the Klingon storyline where Martok is, is basically given shit to Worf for he's like you know what they all came out here it's good of those guys you know like Quark he's risking his life you should tell him he's thanks you know um I found this was curious for Martok to say this but you know um you know Worf it it felt like the the plot needed him to say it as opposed to this is something he would say Yes. Yeah. I, it, it, right. Like we just we don't have time for there to sort of be the this other build up or for Bashir to say this to him or Brian to say this to him. So it has to mark. Who's he gonna Who's gonna say it to him that he's going to accept this advice very fast? And that would be Martok, even if Martok, I agree, wouldn't necessarily say this. Yeah. Um, nor under normal circumstances, he doesn't like Quark, does he? <laughs> um, I, I I think Martok would have never said a word if he had just limited his comments to Quark. Yeah. But he didn't. He he overshot. He went it's after because, O'Brien. It's because he goes. He you bl- don't do. Yeah. And he's like O'Brien <laughs> is the only reason we're gonna we're gonna actually succeed on this mission. You know that, right? Like he's the like, only guy we need, and he doesn't even yeah. care about getting Jed's into Stovacor. And um, if if I were Worf, I wouldn't fuck with uh, uh, with Keiko either. Like shiver yeah. wrath down on him for fucking right. with uh, with O'Brien. So then we get the apology wharf to the three of them, you know, saying, I'm happy you guys are here. She'd be happy. She used to come home and tell me funny stories of things you would say and do. And, you know, made me a little jealous sometimes, but I'm, you know, I'm glad we're, you know, you care, you know? So I guess. I didn't, I, that's, that's the part I didn't like. I didn't like he's mad because he had to share her with them. Fuck that. I, the three of them, or the two of them, Quark and, and Bashir, them carrying this flame for her across the whole series is awful. I fucking hate it. Yeah, me like, too. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. Yes. Like, it'd be bad enough with one of them, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, Julian was in other relationships, like with Lita and other people. Like it doesn't like, and so was Quark for that matter. Like I thought, yeah. like he 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 was way better with Grilka, 
you know, yeah. than he ever would have been with Dax. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just yeah. like, what are you doing here, guys? Like, yes, like, you know, there's the, I think that they're coming from the perspective of like, you know, the nerd who has the crush on a woman that was unattainable and or something, but you know, and, and that unrequited life love, but I don't know. I agree with you. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. And this storyline doesn't work for me. Like, sure. Like I'm glad, yeah, go blow up some Geminar shipyards. Uh, and that's going to get, that's, that doesn't get revenge on Ducat on the paw race or any of that. So, um, but that's what they're going to do. This is well, the best yeah, thing to do. Again, this should have been stewing for a bit. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, you know, he's like, I got to do something. Um, not, oh, I'm jealous. Right. We see the shipyards uh, in the view screen. Uh, that We see that they have to get really close to the sun. He says, how close do we have to get? Oh, too close. I love that line from Martok. You know, he's just happy. These guys are great when they start getting into the battle. It's it's, <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Uh, yeah. So then we back to Cisco digging his hole badly. Uh, <laughs> Jake and Joe just trying to catch their breath under this rock. Uh, but guess what? Guys? All of a sudden, the orb appears. Yeah, he didn't dig that out. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like pushes up out of the sand. Like, let's give him a hand, prophets. Um, it's like we'll be sitting here forever. <laughs> From what it means, the prophets are like, we don't understand time, but I'm pretty sure this is never going to happen. <laughs> 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 right. So he finds the orb and he's about to open it, but then all of a sudden, this false vision hits him. Uh, it's time for Brother Benny, guys. What's why does he have the pencil? What's this mean? And then we see we go back to Benny Russell. His alter ego from the fifth dimension or wherever, um, you know, writing in the 19, was it the 1950s? Is that when Benny Russell exists? Um, you know, so he's, so he, we saw, I, I guess after he was uh, committed last time we saw him, was it far beyond the stars? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, he's, he's been committed and he's now writing his story, not with a typewriter, but just on the wall with the pencil. Uh, uh, the guy who plays uh, uh, Damar, uh, Casey Biggs, is here playing this doctor, uh, telling him, you know, he's the doctor we heard paging, uh, and he's like, you know, Benny, you gotta, you gotta give this up. It's all delusion. Uh, you, it's it's har harming your mental health. We'll find out that this is a false vision from the Pa race, um, and uh, and basically that that this doctor uh, in the the Damar doctor wants him to stop writing note, open the box and to give up the delusion of the Ben Cisco and all that. He's, uh, I think Jake tries to help Jake. Jake tries to help open it. And then Jake gets thrown across here. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, just to give us some action. Ben doesn't even react to that. So he's like <laughs> fully in the trance. Um, as he helps pick him up. And we'll, then we'll pause that for a minute. Come back to this Romulan storyline. I uh, love seeing all these warbirds together. They looked really cool in the high def uh, watching this back. Uh, as they're approaching that moon of Derna around Bajor. Uh, and Bashir, or sorry, Kira staring them down. Again, you know, Ross and uh, Kretek want to talk. Come on. You know, you can't feed them. Back down. Like, oh, I'm touched by your concern. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know. She is very cool here, eh? Just yeah. you know, in control, not worried. Not worried. You know, uh, willing, willing, willing to stand up to them here. 
Um, and uh, very competent. Very confident. And oh, then, competent. You know, or competent. Well, maybe. Uh, you know, again, like the Romulan lady here expecting Kira to back down, but uh Abra Ross, he's not so sure. I don't know about this this woman, like, this this Bajor and Curdle. He's uh, like, I don't know what she's gonna do. I can't order her to do anything. Yeah, if Ben she was here, I just order him to order her, and then it would be fine. You know. Um, and then back to the Klingons, uh, in the story here, the sun, uh, you know. Work, just more complaining. Uh, again, does nothing on yeah. this mission. What is he doing? Uh, what is it for that matter? Like all Worf does is give the order to fire. Um, you <laughs> it's know. they're all risking their lives, and I think that's the point. But did we need Quark to be fucking irritating the entire time? That was oh, a bad choice. Like, like, like if maybe if like they had like tussled with some Jemadar on the bridge, like maybe some Jemadar beam over and they have to fight him and Quark actually does something like saves Worf from a Jemadar, maybe yeah. then it would make sense. But I, and I feel like but, there was more to this and they cut out. But do you really think like, does Quark eat, does Quark actually seem like he's there to get Jadzia into Stovacor to do this? Because he, all he does is complain the entire time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't get why he's doing it because I think she think he thinks that she would she would want him to. Right. Would I she? Guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> she would be like, "You don't have to do this." Yeah. Like, uh, it's not like just he came find out like, one of my former enemies and eat their heart. That's way yeah. easier. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, back to the Benny Russell of things. Uh, the doctor here, the Damar, um, he wants him to just paint over here with the white paint. You know, and was, his laugh here was hilarious. Yeah. Like, it was just like, <laughs> you know, it was almost like um, that interview in The Captains with William Shatner kind of reminded me of that. Uh, just delirious almost, you know, and he's about yeah. to do it. He's about to cover it over. And then he starts trying to bury the orb in, in back here on um, Tyree yeah. doesn't know, know how to do that either. Doesn't know how to bury anything either or dig it. Uh, he actually throws um, Esri here to the ground, you know, he's his flailing. He's about to paint over. He's about to do it. And things are looking bad here. Just then we cut over to the Romulan storyline. The Romulans are getting closer. Kira, the, the walls are, are caving in here on Kira and Odo. What are they going to do? You know, this, this, this is she gonna blink? Is she gonna back down? Hold your hold the phone, guys. We gotta get over here to the this storyline with Worf. You know, they're getting close to the sun, you know, and uh, they're gonna come over here with the bird of prey and uh, fire at the sun, uh, which Worf gives the order, uh, with this modulated tractor beam, but it doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. So all th in all three of our storylines, they've they've hit a roadblock. They're and then Kevin, fun. your favorite war or Quark just wants to go home now. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, are we done? Yeah. Can we go? No, because the Jemadar are now coming to attack. Um, and so they're they're coming after the the, the bird of prey. Uh, Cisco is not not only is he going to bury this orb, he's going to bash it with his shovel, which I guess might destroy it. So. Um, <laughs> You know, not a great uh, orb, right? Like, if no, it could just like, be destroyed with a shovel. Look, a man, don't worry, he's not gonna, 
He's very ineffective with a shovel. <laughs> it's better with a baseball, really. Um, uh, he's about to do it. He's about to paint over in the vision. And then, no, his conviction comes. He drops the paint. No, Damar Doctor says. And then he starts punching Damar Doctor. He starts punching this orderly and kicking him down. And just like, going back, picks up the pencil and starts writing again. An absolute ineffectual duo. <laughs> Two of them yeah. just get wrecked by this dude. This guy who's more focused on writing on a wall than anything, you know. But anyway, uh, which coincides with Cisco actually opening it and having this vision, uh, seeing the orb and taking him into vision. Oh, first we see like the the prophet, I guess, which I guess is Cisco's mom, um, jumps out of here. Uh, and then he goes into the vision where he starts, you know, we see that that energy comes out from Tyree, goes past Deep Space Nine and into the wormhole. The wormhole is reopened. And now back over to the blockade with Kira, where, you know, she's she's getting the, the times are coming up. Deep Space Nine calls. Guess what? The wormhole is reopening, guys, which Kira takes as a sign. There's a sign that she is she is she is fighting the righteous fight here. She's going to take down. We see that they actually the the this Pa Wraith gets expelled out of the celestial temple and blows up. You know, dead. And that's Kira's. the moment. And that's the moment where where Kira's religious beliefs almost get everyone killed, <laughs> <laughs> including her. Yeah. Um, they think that the wormhole reopening would be like a would be good news for like the Dominion more than anybody, you know. Yeah, uh, but I guess not. Um, anyway, so back to these Jemadar chasing down the Rotaran and Martok. It's looking kind of dire. As they're fight. They're they're going along here. They're trying to get the 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 tractor beam to remodulate. Um, and you know, which is all coming down to O'Brien. O'Brien's the only guy who's going to make this happen. Quark wants to retreat and run away. Uh, they they fire this thing off, which of course ignites the solar flare. And I this is the other part I didn't get is like why is this why is the Rotaran able to get away but these three Jemadar ships aren't? What because uh, they had like sunglasses on? Hmm? Sun they had sunglasses on. Okay. Yeah, you, cool you guys you, don't you look at explosions. A, yeah, they let it behind. They look back. So yeah. That's why. Not only like because like you think being really close to the the sun when it like ignites like this would be worse, but apparently not. You know, like it's uh, the vertebrae gets away, but like the shipyards, which presumably are further away, um, are destroyed. You know, so they go out, and I guess you know, glorious victory here. Uh, we get like a like a handshake here between Quark and Martok, which I didn't get. You know, because I'm like, what did Quark do? Again? Complained. He complained. <laughs> complained he wanted yeah. to run away. He acted cowardly. This is this brought no honor to the mission. So uh Worf says a little prayer. And by the end, he's like, Okay, she's in Stovacor. Mission accomplished. Um I will yes. kill the Ferengi now. <laughs> that would have been great if he just like, now I can kill Quark. Honor has been satisfied. No, 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 that Ferengi. He never says Quark. Oh, yeah, he never says his name. 
That's true. Uh, here we see that the Romulan Warbirds are turning around. They're not going to try to run this blockade. Kira has won the day because uh, basically because Bill Ross made them, which he could have done from the beginning. So <laughs> whatever. Oh, that's you know, great. That's you great. convinced me. You convinced me, Major or Colonel. I'm sorry. Uh, you know. You know, and uh, back to this. Okay, we have this final conversation here between Cisco and the prophet um sarah his mother basically revealing that she possessed his mother his by his birth mother uh you know and made sure that he was born um you know it was you know and then when she, when, when he was born she, she wasn't possessing his birth mother anymore his birth mother left his father because she, she never signed up to marry him in the first place and then she, and then she was killed uh, joseph feeling this whole thing not even not covered not you know you think you could bring brock peters into the episode maybe fewer scenes with him going i'm tired i'm hot maybe dealing with the aftermath of this more important um because um not well also like um ben had to like fly his dad home before he could even go to these space nine right like so like it's just a cargo ship and it's like hey you can hitch a ride can you hitch a ride on a cargo ship dad you know you know maybe make some dinner for them along the way uh what do you guys think of the conversation between ben and the prophets here and his mother and all this yeah 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 yeah, that's how I kind of felt about it. Yeah, it's long, long. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this one playing her. Like, I don't think her she, her performance is that great. Um, and you know, but she's like, you had to, it, it could only be you, Cisco. Only you only you could be the Cisco. It, it could be nobody yeah. else. Only you could be you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> only you could be you. Uh, anyway, and then he's he's super happy after this vision. He knows what he needs to do. Um, back to D Space Nine. I guess there's a time jump here because, of course, as we mentioned, either he got his dad uh, to hitchhike a ride home, or he had to fly him <laughs> home to Earth, which would that's probably my... be in the wrong direction. So uh, and and then he comes. That's coming up, we get the coming up. We got the classic uh, holding the kids. I was As like, that, that's in, Kirk's right? move. Kirk, Kirk always did that. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? Love to pick up a kid and hold the kid. Yeah, you know? that's a throwback. <laughs> uh, meeting up with the senior staff, you know, he's like, I'm good to be home. All the Bajorans, of course. And then Esri says hello to the, you know, the, the, the other senior officers. Uh, Worf, we need to talk. It's uh, Jake says who it is. It's Esri Dax. Worf says, it can't be. He walks away. You know, we'll, we'll come, <laughs> we'll come back to that. But uh, the rest of them looking on in sort of wonder as uh, Nicole Dubois, as Esri Dax, turns around for her last final look here at the camera as we go to credits. So that's the episode. Um, and the introduction of Esri. Um, anyone feeling like the fun facts? Sh sure, hit me with it. <laughs> Oh, I don't have any fun facts. Oh. I thought you were going to provide. Oh, some I fun can. Facts. I can. Yes. Details discovered by Dave. Um, Esri's uneasiness with adapting to the Dax symbiote established in this episode was inspired by the difficulty of casting the role. Uh, Rene Echeverria recalled, finally, one day at lunch, I said, 
what if we make the character a little bit more complicated? What if she wasn't an initiate? What if she was, wasn't planning to be joined, but she was only a one available because of some circumstance and she was completely unprepared for it? After hearing this, Iris Stephen Bear re redefined the character, saying she's neurotic, she hears voices, she doesn't know which way is up. So yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about too much about that, but the fact that uh, Esri Dax was not wasn't hadn't signed up to get a symbiote she just happened to be the only trill on the ship at the time and got joined here and once you're joined you're joined uh so you know wouldn't have been the choice in trill society but now she is this i i personally like that choice uh makes it a little bit more interesting you anyone disagree uh, like i i hate to be that person but yeah Meh. In defending the decision to send 72-year-old Joseph Sisko actor Brock Peters into the Palmdale Desert for seats on Tyree, Iris Stephen Bear explained that Ben came back home to be with his father, and I just felt that keeping the family together meant something. If I had been, if it had been my kid off, I'd have gone with my kid. If I, if it had been Bonanza, Ben Cartwright would have gone with Little Joe and Haas and even Adam. I don't. Was Ben Cartwright? I don't know, get that. What the. Uh, They're just talking about the father figure and Bonanza doing this. Okay. Do you guys accept Iris Stephen Bear's explanation? No, it's still lazy and stupid. Yeah. Um, Ira Bear referred to the Kira Romulan story in this episode as the Cuban Missile Crisis story, but it was specifically written in a way that it was a Starfleet. Who, it was Starfleet who had to back down, not the Romulans. Oh. Oh. Okay. I wasn't feeling like Cuban <laughs> Missile Crisis quite. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Um, according to Rene Echeverria, the idea to reveal Cisco as part prophet, meaning his, you know his mother being a prophet, came from a desire to uh, to foreground his status as emissary of the prophets. As the show began winding down, we realized that we wanted to be a bit more specific about the whole emissary thing, which, as an arc, had been so interesting to us. We settled on this idea that Cisco was, in some way, half man, half god. Not unsurprisingly, in a franchise that rarely engages with religion, having the lead, lead character revealed as part God was extremely controversial. But Ira Bear claimed that it was actually something of a commentary on Star Trek mystique itself. I felt that if all the Star Trek Starfleet captains are treated like gods by the viewers, clearly the next step was to actually make one of those captains a god, or at least godlike. Indeed, th that he was the only half-prophet was the very key to the idea. This is what part God? No, he isn't. Uh, no, well, can, I, I, is he kind of like a demigod? No, that doesn't make any sense. She was possessed, like the 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 prophets wasn't his mother. They possessed, not biologically, but spiritually. Part spiritually. of his his paw. His, his paw is half his paw. Come on, guys. Oh Lord. <laughs> that, that, no, I I don't. That's like they made sure, like he had a destiny, and they made sure he was born. All that I can buy. This part, like profit business, no, that's a little bit too much for me. Uh, the Sarah, the Sarah Prophet confirms in this episode that the paw race that uh, released that was released by Ducat, um, and helped him kill Jadzir is Costa Mojin, which is like the Bajoran devil, um, the leader of those pares. Uh, the prophet tells, tells Cisco in this episode that he is necessary 
This recalls the fourth season episode, A Session, uh, which they tell me is of Bajor, and that they have sent Akaram Lon into the future in an attempt again to accept his role as emissary of the prophets. Uh, the Ben Russell vision in this episode is sent to Cisco by the Paw Race to divert him uh, by, from his efforts to reopen the wormhole. The previous vision, as seen in Far Beyond the Stars, was sent to him by the Prophets to help him get over the death of a close friend. And um, one more. This marks the last appearance of Weyun 5. Oh, I'm kind of giving a little bit of a spoiler here to uh, <laughs> to Adam here, but... Um, uh, because uh, the, the he is the fifth in the series of clones of Wayun, seen in every appearance since the ties of blood and water in the fifth season. Between this episode and the treachery, faith, and the great river, he died off screen in a mysterious transporter accident and was replaced by a defective clone, Wayun Six. <laughs> um, William Wayun Six. This episode marks the final appearance of Joseph Cisco as well. Well, probably had a heart attack after all that walking in the desert. <laughs> yeah. He was they like, just left him in the desert. They didn't need him anymore. Or they were just like, hey, do, hey, do you want to do you want to come on and do another guest appearance this season? He's like, no. I'm good. I won't. Yeah, I'll just stay, I'll just stay home. How about that? Also, don't die there. No one's gonna be able to bury you. <laughs> Not your son, at least. All right, let's get into our ratings, guys. Um, Shadows and symbols. Oh, sorry, I gotta unhide Jamil's. Ah, there we go. There we go. Okay, uh, Jamil, you want to start us off? Okay, I will give this uh, a seven. A seven, thank you. Uh, what you didn't give a did you watch part one? Image in the sand, I did watch part one. Do you have a rating on there? Um, a seven. Same thing. Okay. Yeah, part one and part two both get a seven. Okay. Um, I, I I'm kind of with you guys. Like the episode's okay, but I don't love it. Um, you know, so I'm I'm I'll I'll go seven and a half. Oh, uh, that's not loving it. <laughs> Adam. I started. The, I, I came came to the show tonight, Dave, with a much higher rating than I'm going to give it now. You made me like think how terrible this was and boring okay. it was. It's not oh. terrible. It was very slow, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I did yesterday. So I'm going to give it a six. Oof. Six from Adam. Kevin, uh, I'll go seven. Seven. Okay. Um, I feel like my seven and a half might be too high. See. I'll go 7.25. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Quarter mark. Quarter mark to Doc. I had thought you'd lost your mind, but now everything is okay. <laughs> well, good. This has a 7.9 on IMDb with 2,000 mm. votes. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, but so, so IMDb ranks this episode higher than part one. But uh, we actually rank it lower, so uh, whatever that's worth. I don't believe Davin gave us a rating. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ten. Sam. Two. Sam. Sam would give it a six. Norman gives it a six and a half. Okay. 
and that's i think that's we can we can say that's that for that episode all right next episode uh is called what getting things going maybe getting things going <laughs> well let me, let, let me tell you um oh wait no that's not that right one um, <laughs> no can't be that come on guys Okay. The Very next time you just call an Esri episode. You are you are dead on there, Mister. Uh, the episode. The next episode is called After Image. Uh, Esri Dax has trouble adjusting with the rest of the crew. Garrick, Garrick inexplicably collapses. Okay. Yes. Because yep. she's a counselor. Garrick has some mental duress, uh, mental health duress, and she's kind of uh, going to help tackle him help him tackle that um you know which may i think it makes a lot of sense to give esri this episode you know because she just came into the the cast and to give something a, a story that is more focused on her at this particular point in the season probably is the right thing to do um well we're gonna find out that they're gonna come back to her quite a bit throughout this season <laughs> um so this is the first time so um uh we're gonna see how all that plays out um Odo Horkin. Yeah, I don't remember it a lot this episode, so it's going to be interesting to uh, to go there. Um, also, some fun things with pronouns, because uh, uh, Esri is struggling with all her pronouns with her past lives, when she's been a man and a woman several times uh, respectively. They're trying okay. a lot of different things. Trying a lot of different things. Okay, well, guys, I think that's it for this one. Thanks for being with us for Shadows and Symbols. Um, let us know what you think in the comments, um, you know, not just the live comments, but, uh, but also in the future, uh, Jody Simpson saying we're looking good. Well, thank you, sir. You know, uh, <laughs> Kevin and I were champions, third event champions along with Jody, uh, on, uh, on Saturday. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Jody's just recovering from all that, you know, um, maybe. Or maybe uh, to make sure you check out our other content here on Live Long and Podcast, our many divisions like Locutors or Trek, uh, who just you know they they, they just did a whole uh, deep dive their their Trek ten talk about their their theories for the Star Trek Legacy show like if it ever happens and what they would like to see with it. They did uh, uh, they had a whole discussion about biology with Mohammed Noor uh, somewhat recently. And um, what's this other one? Uh, looks like they could be talking metaphysics in the near future with Richard Hanley. Uh, for their second episode of Lacures of Trek season two, um, all kinds of great content, and we we did lower decks. Uh, soon, Star Trek Radio Theater. I'm publishing the one we recorded a million years ago. It, I'm finally almost done the edit, so look out for that soon. Uh, that will come out under our operations division. Um, and uh, but then I think there's no new Star Trek shows coming until like probably January at least at the earliest uh we hope you'll check out our our, our sister channels uh over on the united federation of podcasts which features all kinds of uh great channels like the super mater brothers podcast uh yep. with jamil jamil and i we were covering big brother 25 for a million years we we you know we were we were we were in the the time loop you know going going over and over again but we're still covering survivor if you didn't know survivor season 45 has got a few episodes left uh we're down to like the final what, nine now eight i think uh so look out for us wednesday to be talking about that the merry maiden marvel society always covering whatever's coming out in the mcu most recently the marvels we talked all about that 
And um, and then the other channels like Eamon on Track, Eamon Mater talks music albums. I believe Kevin Millard going on to talk about Nine Inch Nails uh, in the near yeah. future. Look out for that. Uh, we got the Hold Up podcast with Davin and Murphy every second Wednesday talking three movies and a theme. Uh, I think they're talking radio movies next. And uh, X-Rated, X-Men the Animated Series. Actually, I'm, I think I'm on this tomorrow. I think I, I, I just reminded myself. I am on this tomorrow. I better watch that movie. Um, <laughs> I, 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 <clears throat> I'll be talking X-Men, the original uh, 2000 movie um, with uh, Davin and Andre tomorrow. Um, and because uh, part of it was filmed here in Burlington. So there's kind of a connection here uh, just across the street, actually. Um, and graphic histories with Andre Mayette, where he interviews people. I think that's it, guys. Um, thanks for being with us. We'll play you out on a quote uh, and we'll join you next time for that. Uh, the after image episode. Thanks to uh, all the panelists and those in the comments for being with us tonight. And, uh, you know, just two little words is all I want. All I'm asking for is two little words. Be quiet. That's two words, all right. Just not the two I was hoping for. The longer podcast, everyone. See you next time. Yeah, let's get out of here.